BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. podcast we are your hosts i'm steven and i'm kyle what's up kyle not much man how's your week going it's going yeah. how's yours going it's fucking sick well, naturally <laughs> next week's gonna be dope yeah that's whatever. not gonna be fun at all whatever um so we're back at it today kyle's gonna come in for round two on project center lane he says that gets pretty fucking interesting yes it does <laughs> I can't fucking wait. It's going to be awesome. But first, we're going to get through the business. Check us out on all our social medias, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, TikTok, wherever. Just search up Hollow Sky Podcast, and we will be there. Come over, hang out, join the community, share memes, share weird stories. If you find stuff that's way off the wall, we're going to stash it in our uh, roll the dice pile for our Patreon episodes. So that's always a good time. Um, if you have a listener experience you'd like to submit for us to feature on a future show, Kyle's going to tell you how to do it. You bust out your smartphone or, or just whatever type of recording device. Your dumb phone. Dumb phones, smartphones, 5G phones, whatever, and record yourself on your fo- device of choice. Then you're going to... Put it in the email and shoot it over to our email. And our email is going to be hollowskypodcast at gmail.com. Fuck yeah, it is. Or you can write it out and send it to Steve and then he'll read it. I'm actually going to like start <clears throat> having the robotic voice read them 
That way you guys get so sick of it, you'll just call your own in. <laughs> Perfect. It's going to be super dope whenever we go through one of our correspondence and then the other one about the conversation with aliens. That one's going to be really long. Yeah. It's going to be fine. It's going to suck. We'll use two different voices. But it's going to be an awesome episode. Hell yeah. So I know what you guys are thinking. You're sitting there and you're like, hmm, how can I support the Hall Sky podcast? Well, I'm going to tell you how. First thing you can do is... Click delete. Click delete. First thing you can do is tell all your weird friends to check us out. The more downloads we get, the better off we are. For sure. Get our name out there. Um, you can go to paranormalradio.com and vote for us on their monthly top 25 paranormal podcast. I share yeah. the link. I share the link sometimes, but sometimes I don't. Get us to number one for one one time. Yeah. We'll, That's all we ask for. We'll drink a monster. One time. One. Just once. Um, other than that, you can check us out at our uh, Venmo. Go over and leave us some wonderful monster money. And we could buy monsters with it, which is what we do. Uh, we also have a Patreon. You can check out the tiers there if you find something you're interested in. You can subscribe to that. Get some extra content every month. Get some stickers and some other shit we got. It's pretty dope. The best way you can support us, though, is go to wherever you listen to your podcast and leave us a five-star rating and review. That helps push us through all the other podcasts and kind of make our name more visible Easier to find. Today's five star rating interview comes to us from Who Was Phone. It says, Came for the egress, stayed for the podcast. Found you guys from an episode of Brohio's podcast that Bob Hicks was talking about egress and been a fan ever since. I listen every Monday and the rest of the time try to listen to the old episodes. Also, we have the same love for Monster Ultra. Anyways, love you guys. Keep up the good work. Well, Who Was Phone, we love you too. For sure. Thanks for checking us out. We appreciate that. And taking the time to leave us those kind words and those five stars. It's pretty fucking dope. Yeah, I appreciate you. I appreciate you. So do I. It definitely helps. And currently, in, in regards to monsters, a buddy, Beef of ours. Shout out, Beef. Shout out, Beef. Uh, Yeah, dude, you're not wrong. That, uh... Watermelon monster, not bad. You not have, bad. You may have solved Kyle's fucking assault problem. It's not. It's not as good, but if I had to pick a second, I would probably go with that one. I think whenever we get a camera for YouTube, I'm gonna go ahead and buy all the monsters and mix them in one big pitcher. <laughs> and then we can. We That's can gonna dr- be terrible. We can drink it and see God. I mean, okay, okay I'm down. Uh, another side funny story here before before we get to the submission. Uh, the other day I was going through Farm and Home. My wife wants to garden now, so we were buying garden <laughs> shit. Blah, blah, blah. And uh, all of a sudden I hear somebody go, stay weird, Kyle. And Sean was like, was that literally another random person <laughs> shouting you guys out? And I go, no, that was Steve's cousin, Mikey. Oh, still counts. Yeah, I mean, Shout I'll take Mikey. it. And she was like, this motherfucker really is getting famous. <laughs> <laughs> we are. But it was funny. 
We're big, we're big shit, but we got to get into the episode because that pisses people off when we yeah. just talk the whole time. I apologize. All right, now, moving on to our listener submission of the day. It comes to us from our friend Dom from New Zealand. He says, hey guys, loving the show. I have a wee story about sleep paralysis. Tried recording it the best I could. I have plenty of other stories about the paranormal, glimmers, etc. Enjoy, Dom. Hey guys, Dom here from New Zealand. Uh, just like to say, podcast is awesome. Just got into it, smashing through the backlog. Um, came across the sleep paralysis one, um, among all the other paranormal sort of experiences, but that one kind of rang a bell pretty strong. Um, going into the old hag story, uh, might take a little bit of time to get this one through, but yeah, it's pretty scary. So I was with my ex-girlfriend at the time. Um, as everything I knew, I was... Fully conscious, fully awake. I went to the bathroom, slipped out of the bed that we were sat next to each other in. Well, obviously laid down, but in bed. Uh, went to the bathroom, do your nighttime ablutions, went for a wee. Um, cat, black cat, her cat, Fluff, came walking in between my legs, meowed. Everything seemed real. Uh, flushed the toilet even. Went back to bed. The instant my ass pretty much touched the end of the bed to like normally slide me, slide myself back up and edge my way back up to the top end of the bed, um, I just got slammed in the chest, um, pushed all the way to the head of the bed, pinned down, and pretty much just got crawled up by a old hag with sharp, <laughs> sharp nails. Um, I generally don't like telling this story because I've told it once to my mate. And I was like, oh, "Fuck, this scares me to say it." So, but yeah, she came crawling up me, pinned me down, um, just glaring, glaring into my fucking soul. It seemed um, the scariest thing ever. Could not move, could not scream. Um, finally, she kind of, kind of like dispersed, evaporated, moved off to the side of the bed. Um, and then was sat looking pretty much at my girlfriend at the time. Um, that's the point where I could actually move and start screaming. <laughs> so I woke, uh, woke my girlfriend up, obviously, with the amount of noise I was making sat next to her. I was fucking petrified. Um, looked over screaming at her, this woman going, fuck, she's looking at you, just fucking... She's like, what? What can you see? Who are you looking at? The usual, as to be expected. Um... But the freaky thing that fucking did my head in, because obviously you think, ah, oh, this is all just a dream. Um, you know the cistern and the toilet? Once you've flushed it, you can hear it filling back up and ticking away. It was still doing that, so that just kind of freaked me the fuck out, because not only had I thought it was a dream, I'd been to the toilet in my proposed dream. Um, but yeah, that shouldn't have happened if it was a dream. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that's why it was so fucking scary, because it was real. Um, yeah, and the cat wasn't too far away either. Um, so yeah, that was my story. Um, I'll ring in again at some other time just to let you know a few other ones. Uh, but yeah, that's my sleep paralysis story. Cheers. Um, first off, thanks so much, Dom, for taking the time to submit your uh, encounter. Second off, fuck that. That's what I'm saying. Because I, I know I've talked about on the show before that I deal with sleep paralysis sometimes. Thank fuck that I do not have entities in my sleep paralysis. Yeah, well, as Dom pointed out, uh, this wasn't a case of sleep paralysis. And A, 
uh, we, me and Steve were talking about this while we were listening to the recording here. And your guys' verbiage is fucking fantastic. We love it. But, you know, bringing it back, the fact that you were just like, like it all clicked into place. You're like, I've still heard the toilet filling up. And uh, that's because it was fucking real. Like, I love how you, you, you portrayed that because it just resonates with how me and Steve are. Like, there's no, no questioning it in your head. Like what you experienced was a hundred percent real. And I couldn't imagine being in your shoes. No, here hearing the the toilet filling back up just like solidified. It's like that the syrup in the mouth on for uh yeah, fire, fire in, the, in sky. the sky. Yeah. Like it's it's that it was the reminder, like, oh shit, like oh shit. And it was it was crazy when you were telling it. Right before you said that you don't mention it very much because it terrifies you, I looked at Kyle and I'm like, you can hear the fear in his voice when he's yeah. telling the story. The way you described it, it me and Kyle both looked at each other and were like, this gives us goosebumps. Yeah, this is it is fucked. It's terrifying. Um like it's terrifying. The fact that when she crawled off the bed, she just stared at your girlfriend. She was jelly. She was something. She was low key jelly. Fucking pissed. But yeah, I'm glad I never had to. Oh, I hope that. I don't deal with that. Like, I'll take all the experiences that I've personally had and accept them instead of having that one. Because I've, I, like I've said, I've had sleep paralysis experiences before where the the fear and the terror just overwhelm you. Like, in mine, I I can, it's like I can open my eyes, but they're not really open. And I know something fucked up is in my house. It's like you can feel it. It's it like sucks. you can hear it, and you you can almost like feel it getting closer. But before it makes it into my bedroom, I'll wake myself up because I oh, know yuck. it's happening, and I'll I'm nope. like sitting there, I'm like wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. Never has it been something like this, nope. where something manifests, and the way you describe it was so fucking vivid, where it pushes yeah. you up to the headboard and shit. Like that's that's fucking wild. No, nope. I'm good. Well, I'm sorry that it happened, Dom, but thanks for calling it in and letting us in on it. Yeah, for sure. Um, definitely call in with your other experiences. Like you said, you have quite a few, like with the glimmers and stuff. I'm definitely interested in that. So uh, if you get a chance, shoot them our way. We'd love to feature them and hear them. And from there, we are going to dive back into project center lane yeah see where, see where this craziness takes us oh it gets crazy there's a couple uh i'm just gonna throw them out now a couple perv warnings oh all right oh. so it, it definitely takes a expect that. a it takes a sharp left hand turn so if there's little kids listening down. the f-bombs weren't enough it's about yeah. to get about to get real weird yeah it definitely gets in the podcast room weird. it gets weird so you know, where we ended off... Hollow Sky 18 and up. Yeah. Absolutely. Hollow Sky after hours. <laughs> <laughs> after dark, after hours, whatever. Anyways, uh, so we leave... You know, the first episode leaves off on his basically first day of training. And we're going to go ahead and pick up on the second day of him waking up and going back to work, essentially. So the next morning, the group gathered... Over breakfast, and they were going to discuss their experiences. 
it seemed like most of the group had a lot in common when it came to their experiences. Most had either like a oriented style experience like Rogers or the other is like the other half had like a, uh, a flying experience where they were completely disconnected from any land. They were just basically soaring above everything. So at this point, Roger is stoked, you know, he's excited to see what's next. He feels like he's on the brink of something big, but things didn't go as expected for the first half of the second day for Roger. He said once he got to the section of the training where he needed to think about the box and put all of his daily bullshit in that box, he was having a really hard time. And he said once he would put everything in and go to close the box, the box actually started to swell and get to the point where he couldn't shut the box anymore. So... Sounds like you need to cut the bullshit. Right. And and what it made me wonder as I'm reading this, you know, could I stop and I put a mental note in my notes was, you know, it makes me wonder if his expectations were a little too high at this point. Instead of letting it happen or happening, he was almost forcing it like, you know, he was kind of showboating like, oh, I know exactly what I'm doing. I can, I can burn through this part and just forget about it. And they're like, hold up. Yeah, I think he was just a little too overconfident in in the process. And Roger decides, you know, after this little spiff, he goes to the counselors and he's like, you know, here's what I got going on. And I'm pretty pissed off about it because I don't, I'm the type of person that doesn't like to fail and I'm not getting to where I was. And this is really disappointing for me. And she ends up telling him, listen, you're trying too hard. And you're being way too serious about doing good, which is actually hurting you more than helping, which I kind of feel for Roger because to be a hundred percent honest, I would, I would probably be close to the exact same way. You know, when I want to do good at something, I, I want to nail it. I want to get it done one go. And then if I fail, if I fail at that, I beat myself up really hard. Like I know that I'm capable of doing this. And the fact that I fucked up really weighs on my shoulders. It almost makes it worse trying to do it the second time. Yes. I didn't accomplish it the first time. Exactly. So, you know, at this point, Roger did did his, uh, his routine again, and things started to go a little bit better for himself. He pushed all the bullshit aside and got to work. When he did it this time, the box went back to normal size, and new things started to appear. A few small stones stone steps led up to his box this time after he put all of his shit inside the box he turned to see a large stone archway and it had some limestone limestone stairs that led to somewhere new so at this point they didn't want anybody going too far into this new world so they they called him back you know it's like all right it's time to end the session because they were only allotting people so much time exploring in this world, almost like they were getting them acclimated to it, you know? So they kind of went through these repetitions of going to these, like, checkpoints, so to speak. And after each time of doing this, it became easier and easier for Roger to do his thing. Then they taught 
the 24, the group, basically, to form an energy bubble around them to keep their energy from dissipating and to keep them protected. When it came to this protective bubble, he was taught how to visualize it. It was like a molten lava coming from his head and forming around him. Roger recalls feeling the warmth from it, actually, that this, you know, once this, this once again points to some of the other things we've discussed, how we don't understand imagination, because in Roger's case, he's imagining this. So he's in this world, and they're telling him how to visualize it, and so he's using his imagination to actually create something that forms around him and is supposed to keep his energy solid enough, which I would assume is meant to do that so they can go deeper into this, this new world to keep his energy, like a sustained energy form to travel Hmm. further on. And it's also there to keep him protective or protected, which kind of raises some red flags. What, what may or may you not encounter in this world that could actually cause harm to you? Great. Right. Great. So on the third day, Roger went right into go mode, but was having trouble seeing things. But this was because the beat that was playing in his head wasn't the right one. See, each beat through the progression unlocks certain things. Once, But once the beat went into what they called Focus 12, things started to become a little bit more reachable for Roger. Roger found himself back at the stone archway, ready to explore. He touched the pillar and, you know, by all accounts, it felt real. At this point, Roger was confused. He was thinking about how he felt he had been here in this place forever. But he also recalled how he was here just the other day. Or was it a lifetime? He began to literally lose all sense of time. So now... He doesn't know, like he's almost, he doesn't know what's real and what's not anymore. But with all that, you know, Roger's like, fuck it. I'm just going to go ahead. I'm going to explore this new world. So he pushes forward. He goes up the stairs that he had found earlier. The stairs were normal at first, but the higher he got, the harder it became to ascend. They became rougher and more uneven and they even spaced farther apart the further up he went. But once he reached the top, he saw what he describes as the largest tree he's ever seen, and he even notes that this tree was so big that it would dwarf the redwoods in California. Like, it makes them look like nothing. And then, so, you know, he kind of sat there and stared in amazement for a while, But then he starts to make his way around it, and what he saw at this point took his breath away. He said he was literally staring into the universe. There were tons of stars burning, planets, and moons. He could see the edge of galaxies. So, what? which this would take more balls than I probably would have. But Roger's like, well, fuck it. Let's just walk out there. So he steps off the edge and just takes no, off. No. Too afraid of heights to do that Bro, shit. I, that, I would be thinking the same thing, that I'm going to fall into no, forever. forever. Yeah. 
That'd be the fucking worst. Dude, it's so dumb. You'd scream like the first 30 seconds and just be over it. Yeah. Like, all right. Yeah. Sick. So as he's exploring this place, Roger recalled and knew this was the energy they were being taught about this entire time. How he could always call upon this energy to help aid in his travels. Roger reached out to some of these stars and white light began to fill his palms. And then that white or that that white light began to run through his entire body, even into his head. And once it once it got to his head, it almost started to do like this whole inception thing. So Roger's in the check unit with his eyes closed, visualizing all this shit. So it's almost like he's dreaming. And then he gets to this point and he, he touches this white light. And then this white light starts to put visions into his head inside of where he's, you know what I mean? So it's like an inception, like a dream within a dream within yeah. a dream. Just stacking layers. Right. Visions began to appear, and he witnessed what he said was a place made of crystals. And literally everything was made of crystals. He could see all the colors that were extremely vibrant and so vast. Then as he looked to the center of the universe, he saw a rose start to take form. What The funny thing about this is the fact that Roger's actually colorblind. And he always has been. But this was actually the first time that he was able to see some of these colors. And he kind of goes into it a little bit because he, he brings it up. He's like, well, I know you're thinking, if I'm colorblind, how do I know what these colors look like? And the only thing, he like, he doesn't really give a shit. He's just like, listen, I basically felt that this was the color purple. I've never seen purple in the real world at all, but there was this feeling inside me that said, this is what purple is. So fair enough. And he even, he, like I said, he's, he doesn't give a shit. He's like, believe me or not, this is, you know, what I experienced, which I kind of appreciate. And at this time, you know, as he's looking at all these new colors that he's never seen, these purples and these teals and shit like that, Roger st starts to hear, the voice in the headset start to call him back. Well, at this point, Roger's not trying to leave. He's like, I don't, I don't want to leave this place. It's too beautiful. I want to stay here. But despite all of that, you know, he, he decides to be the good soldier. He turns around and heads back. This time though, Roger didn't wake up as quickly as all the times before, which for me is kind of interesting because Roger didn't want to leave that place and he ends up having a harder time getting out or, or even, even a longer time getting out, which for me brings up the question, would it be possible for him to lose his mind to this place forever? If he wanted to. Probably. That's kind of how I feel. You know what I mean? Because it, like, it, he's, all the other times he woke up like that, well, this time it took him longer to wake up. And it makes me wonder if like his dedication level would have been higher if he just would have fucking stayed there. And then he would have ended up... Like they couldn't wake him out. It'd be like, it'd be like being, being in a coma. coma. Yeah. Makes you wonder if he died, if his consciousness... If his body oh. died, if his consciousness stayed. 
That would be crazy. Whatever the fuck realm this is. That would be crazy. So, you know, he wakes up from this, does his thing, and he, he they go back a little bit later and start another another exercise. So, they're running through, you know, their opening shit, and Roger began to float around. Well, he almost felt like his physical body was turning. So the way I envision this is Roger ran through the, the opening shit and in his little special world that he's created, his body is floating and he kind of gets that inkling that his physical body is moving. So at this point, Roger actually opens his eyes during the training. Now at this point, he's, he's shocked. He's, he's kind of fucked up because he was in his, in the check unit, but he wasn't in his check unit. He was in somebody else's unit. That's fucking weird. His name was Bob and Roger noticed how Bob had these dark auras around him. And you could, and I guess Roger could see it on his face that this Bob guy was having a lot of fucking trouble. Like the way I picture it is that he's looking down at Bob and it's almost like Bob's having a nightmare. Like that's kind of how I envision it. Then Roger ends up going into another person's check unit and it was a woman named Nancy. So Roger's looking down at her, you know, just kind of checking it out. Cause he's, this is all new to him. He's like, how in the hell am I floating in these people's check units? Like, this is so bizarre. Well, it gets a little weirder because Nancy actually opens her eyes, looks up at Roger and smiles at him. So he's like, Oh shit. Okay. They end up getting called back. They wake up. And after every one of these sessions, they would always get together for their little group meetings to talk about their experiences. But Roger is more like me and Steve, where we probably wouldn't talk about our experiences most of the time. We would just sit and listen. So Roger doesn't doesn't like to, you know, doesn't want to talk about his experiences, but at the same time, he's extremely excited because he does a typical dude move and he's waiting for Nancy or Bob to acknowledge him to initiate it. <laughs> So him to be like, oh shit, tell me this is real. Exactly. He's just waiting for somebody else to tell him, you know, so he's sitting there and like, all right, let's see what happens. Well, Bob's turn, you know, gets there and Bob starts to describe how he was having trouble with this session. You know, he wasn't able to do this, that, and the other, but what Roger was really excited about was Nancy because in that experience is, yeah, in that experience, Nancy acknowledged him. She looked up and smiled at him. Well, Nancy didn't end up speaking about that in the session. So Roger's even more confused. He's like, well, how did I get it right with Bob, but not Nancy? And Nancy was the one that acknowledged me. So Roger's like, fuck it. I'm just going to go take a smoke break, walk around, kind of uh, collect my thoughts, while I was out there, Roger saw Nancy rather quickly walking towards him. And she gets within 
communication distance, and she's like, Roger, I saw you. Damn it. And Roger's like, what? She's like, I saw you floating right above me. And Roger's kind of like, what do you, what do you mean floating? And she's like, I didn't see you per se, but I saw your face. Like I saw your face floating above me and it was, you know, it was kind of comforting, but, but I saw you and Roger's like, what the fuck is going on? So here we go, ladies and gentlemen. First perv, perv warning. Here we go. Let's, before we get into the perv, the pervness. Yeah. Okay. That the whole concept of this lucid consciousness makes me wonder if people who do harness this ability, how often they creep into everybody else's right lives. Well, check this. Wait till you hear this next part. And I think if you if you stay on that that mind that path. I think you'll, your brain will go exactly where my brain went, but I also have a different spin that I want to put on this because in this account, Roger doesn't like it. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that I don't want to spoil this, the this section, but Roger doesn't like the outcome. He likes the outcome, but he doesn't like the outcome. Classic. <laughs> but it does. It makes you. Like if you're not if you're not in tune with your consciousness to the point to where you can separate it from your body, how often do people that do interact with our consciousness that we don't under that we we will never know? Exactly. You know what I mean? Well, it could explain certain things. It could explain certain things. So mm. here we go. So stay out of my consciousness, Kyle. Sorry. So they go back into their it's little not, training. It's not a good place to be. They go back into their training and you know, Roger does his thing and he, 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 he imitates what he did previously. Cause he wants to explore this new, this new ability, which by all counts, what he's doing right now, I, I would assume is damn near accessing what this whole thing's about to be able to remote view things, be able to send your consciousness somewhere that you've basically never been, but be able to check it all out. Like, I feel like that's 90% of what this project was about. Well, Roger ends up in this, uh, this chick's check unit. Her name was Terry, right? Apparently old Terry, she was a class. She was a, she was a looker, right? She was a, she was a hot, hot old thing. (laughs) And, uh, you know, because, and what's kind of fucked up is Roger, Roger goes into pretty great detail about her. Like he's like, she's like, he's like most of the the people here, they're wearing like their, their sweats and they're a little bit baggy. He's like, but old Terry, she had some pretty form fitting sweats. Right. And he was like, she was that girl that you looked at and just. Just like everything she did kind of screamed flirty, like wanting attention. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Even in the ethereal plane, Roger's still <laughs> fucking scouting booty. You know, and he, he goes Roger. into uh, detail about it, right? So uh, this is very adult time. 
from here forward, <laughs> ladies this, and gentlemen. Do I need this tune out? <laughs> so Roger's floating over top of her, oh. and he's looking at her. And, uh, you know, so with all this being said, Roger obviously has a physical ne- physical connection with Terry. So he's looking at her, and then all of a sudden, her pants disappear. Oh. <laughs> her pants go bye-bye. Not long after that, she's completely naked. Okay? And he's... He's kind of being a little pervy because he's checking it out. But at the same time, he, like, when this shit pops off and, you you know, you go to read about it, he's, like, like on one hand, he's really enjoying it. But, is, on, the, but on the other hand, like, he feels like he's invading her privacy and doesn't want to be there. Is Is this in direct correlation with his brain? Like, I don't know. Like, is is her clothes falling off because he's imagining it? I don't know. Or because I think is this some like invisible man type? See, in, well, invasive. Let me get shit through here. this, and then I'll kind of I'll 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 share my take on it. So he's now she's naked, but in a way she starts to acknowledge the energy in the room because she spreads her legs. Oh. Starts touching herself. Terry, Terry, Terry. <laughs> so, at this point, it's almost like there's this... an electro, like the, it's electrified in the room, and there's all these emotions and energies going on. Can she, is it ever said that she can see Roger? No. The way the other girl? No. Nope. So you don't ever know? No. No. It does. I'll kind of. I'll get there. So, that. carry on, Terry. So, keep doing what you're doing. Well, it goes farther. Okay. So at this point, Rogers watching her. What kind her. of fucking book are you reading, Kyle? I'm t- I know it's almost <laughs> like it's borderline. I'm not even going to go into detail that he did, but it's damn near paper porn. Close your so, ears, children. Roger starts being pulled towards her, and Roger starts freaking out. He's like. <laughs> This is awesome, but I know this is wrong. I need to get the fuck out of here. He's trying to fight it, but he can't fight it. He keeps getting drawn closer and closer to her. He gets right over top of her. Nice lie, Roger. I know. I question that myself. But he says he gets right over top of her. And it's like it's borderline funny because he talks about how he doesn't want to be there. This is wrong. But when he gets close enough to her, he licks her nipple. Oh. And the fucked up thing is, is her nipple reacts to it. It gets really hard. And then beyond that, you guys can imagine, you can go ahead and imagine where uh, the rest of the little story goes here. They probably went on a picnic. You could say <laughs> that. You could say that. I'm still curious as to if she... Uh, is in acknowledgement that he's there. So here's the thing. They end up having sex. And Roger's like, oh no, I don't want right. to do this. So at the end of it, when she basically has her orgasm, she screams, and that's what kicks him out of the room. Boom. Kicks him out of the room, right? 
So Roger's like, oh my God, I'm a piece of shit. He's like, how in the fuck was I not able to stop myself? I did not, not want to do that. But deep down on a, on a different level, Roger, you did want to do that. Okay. I'm just going to call it how it is. And it's calling your bluff, Rog. After this little thing, you know, they go do the group for to talk about shit. And he's looking for Terry. And then he notices her over there with the counselors. And she's crying with her hands over her face. Fucked up, Roger. But at the same time, she never singles Roger out. So I would assume she had no idea whom the force, I'll call it a force, was, I guess, doing that to her or doing it with her. Now, the way I I look at this is what if that both of them were in, because the way I, I see what's going on is like, you can call it spiritual or you can call or or energy, right? So it's almost like they're in they're in their purest forms of energy. And for those of you who have felt it, because I know that I have, but like say you're with your significant other for one of the first times and you guys are close, you're you're getting ready to make your first kiss or whatever. And I know it's real because I know I've felt it, but you feel like that gravity between you two, like like you're kind of like, is this the time to kiss her? Like, I feel like I'm getting pulled in here. Cosmic forces. Kind of to a degree. Like, there's that weird feeling. And I almost wonder if this was like that, but on steroids. Like, because it, it's, it's just hyper amplified because they're in an energetic state. Because they're, they're just like raw energy at this point. And raw dog. Well, they did do that, but you know what I mean? Like I, like it's, it's hard to explain, but the way it's almost like being in a full energy form. So you have a harder time controlling things because obviously during this, this exercise, her energy was accepting what was happening, right? Because she wouldn't, I wouldn't have thought she would just magically get naked and start touching herself. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like there's, there's a fucked up side to this that I don't quite understand. And the only way I can wrap my brain around it is that like you, you have these desires, you have these thoughts and these complex systems in our body. And then when you're in this hyper charged state, I wonder it if, amplifies. Does it, did it ever say in the book if like, the the people in charge could monitor what was going on. I assume not. That's a good question. I don't think because so. It's like it's a different plane of existence, but, right? Because I mean, it sounds like Terry probably didn't have that great of a time if she woke up crying and freaking out. It's possible. Or when she woke up, she was more or less embarrassed, I guess, or ashamed. Or felt violated at what had taken place. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, she was definitely caught off guard by what happened. But at the same time, the way is is, now, as long as Roger's telling the truth here, (laughs) 
We're only getting Roger's side of the story, dog. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) So, I mean, there is definitely open interpretation here. But as long as it's all truthful, like at some point she was accepting of it, I would would assume. I don't know how this fucking shit works. (laughs) So I'm just relaying what the fucking book said. And it's bizarre. It's absolutely bizarre. No idea. Fucking Roger. Dude, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. But the only thing I can come up with is that, like, maybe, maybe low key outside of that, she thought old Roger was a decent looking fella himself. And there was that bit of lust there, which, because when he was in Nancy's room, it didn't happen with Nancy. No, Nancy said, Roger, you're about a three. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, it makes you, I don't know. I don't know. Don't know. It's a wild story. I'm gonna have to start monitoring the books you're buying, Kyle. I'm gonna have to start monitoring. I didn't, I, dude. I was blown away when I got to that part. I did not expect that at all. I expected this to go to like him remote viewing locations and shit like that. Yeah, he was remote viewing something. Yes, he was, and it wasn't locations. <laughs> so, anyways, moving past this. The next exercise, they were set to go to Focus 21, which at this stage, it is this stage where you exist out time or at the edge of space and time. It also offers the ability to contact other energies. And I find it interesting that they, they specify as these... They specify as energy and not beings. Because he does end up meeting somebody else out there. And it's got a pretty fucking eerie description. But they signify them as energies instead of beings. So Energies sound way less nefarious than a being. Yeah, 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 I second that. But during this, you know, this Focus 21, some of the members saw life force of trees flowers, and even rocks, which is strange because the beings in Stardust said one of the first things we should be able to do is communicate with all life forces. Yeah. So there's that little comparison. Others were seeing and communicating with friends or loved ones who had passed. Roger, on the other hand, began putting out that he wanted to communicate, but needed an invitation. Then all of a sudden, he started to get pulled again. And he's like, I had no fucking clue where I was being pulled to, but I started flying across different landscapes until he, he finally landed. And when he turned around, Roger realized that he wasn't alone. He describes this energy, quote unquote, as being a man, even though Nothing was visual, like you couldn't see any genitalia at all on this being. So there's one tick for uh, something I already am thinking of. Wasn't wearing any clothes. There's my other tick. Maybe Roger's ethereal plane is just all, (laughs) he's like, nobody's coming in my realm of reality wearing clothes. Well, here we go. The being's skin was gray like ash. His mouth was thin, just like a straight line. And he had a big-ass dome. It had no ears. 
It was tall with thin arms and legs. And apparently the arms and legs seemed a bit too big for its body. With this being said, here's like instantly my brain goes to gray. That's what I thought. I was waiting for you instantly. to say a big ass noggin. So here's a curveball. The being apparently, energy, however you want to label it, had wings. Which Roger could slightly see over the top of the being. Interesting. It also had small eyes that were set back into a skull. Like I guess his head was like a gray, it was just bald. But its eyes were recessed and very small. Silver Surfer. Kind of like Silver Surfer. That's weird. That's who it is. It's like a Silver Surfer mixed with Archangel. Yeah. So this being reached out his hand with his palm up. Why would you need wings if you can just travel wherever the fuck you want to? I don't know, man. Maybe this is like like an energy uh, Twitter, more or less. It's where you send your energy and you can hang out with other people. Yeah, you can just make your own avatar. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Pretty much. Cool. That's that's pretty decent way of spinning this, I think. Yeah, just create your own. So that being said, this being reached out with his hand, his palm up, and Roger said, I felt the being smile. I couldn't actually see him smiling, but it was like it was communication, or communicating through emotion. He, Roger even felt warmth and welcome to his place. Roger smiled back, accepting what the being was giving forth. Then as every single time we get somewhere interesting, Roger gets called back. So he's got to leave this place. And this ended up being the last exercise that Roger was able to go through. You know, and then after the training, they were all sent home, which at this point, Roger felt empty. He's like, I feel like I'm I'm two different people trapped in the same body. There's the everyday world Roger, which fucking sucks. And then there's I get to astral project everywhere and check out new beings and stuff, Roger, which is cool. And the like on their last little meeting there, there were two guys that always kind of stuck to themselves during this training and they Roger wonders if maybe the CIA didn't plan them there because when they had their final meeting with like the counselors and everybody, these guys were like, yeah, this is all a crock of shit. You're all fucking crazy. What a waste of money. Like they just completely, they just bashed it. And shortly after that, um, the project got shut down. The general ends up, uh, retiring quote unquote it was more of like a forced leave so you know roger wonders if those guys didn't have a part in this like a smear campaign right the basically end. Like, yeah everything you experience is bullshit right we're out yep and now at the end of this roger was given tapes before he was leaving you know just in case he wanted to continue uh this on his own but they were only given tapes to a certain level. They weren't given the tapes to reach Focus 21, which allowed you to communicate with other beings. They were only given to Focus 10. So Roger, he heads back. You know, he's he's like, what the fuck am I going to do now? Well, when Roger leaves there and goes to the base, 
to be redeployed back to his home. He's like, fuck it, I'm going to try it. I'm going to try it again. Roger kind of starts to try to go through the steps. And Roger ends up opening his eyes. And this time, Roger was floating again, right? But this time, Roger was really floating. It was his actual body floating over the bed. And he said when he opened his eyes and realized it, he fell back down onto the bed. Which is kind of a curveball. So, and ironically enough, with all that being said, at this point, it all starts to kind of fizzle out. Roger starts working a normal job. You know, at this place, he makes friends with people there. Obviously, when you you know make a job, you usually make a couple buddies. And he became in good contact with this Kelly. They ended up being good friends. She would confide in him all the time. Well, I guess her... Kelly and her uh, husband have been trying to have a kid, right? Having a hell of a time. And Roger's like, no, no, you're going to have a kid. You know, don't don't sweat it. You know, and you're going to actually, you're going to have a kid in like, I don't know, I'll just say nine months. You know, you're going to get pregnant in the next couple months, and then you're going to have a kid, blah, blah, blah. And she's just, you know, she, she ends up smiling, and she's like, you know, thanks for the wishful thoughts, basically. And, you know unbeknownst to her, Roger has a little bit of an ability to do things. Well, over the course of time, Roger decides to go back to training. He finds, he digs the tapes out and he slowly starts to build his way back. He's got to steal little fragments of time here and there to be able to get back to it. And over time, he, he does, he, he acquires it back, but this time it's almost like he perfects it because one of the things that he want, he promised Kelly, you are going to have a kid. It will happen. And Roger claims that one night he lays down in bed, goes to his little special place, and he's actually, he starts thinking about Kelly. And his body begins to be pulled to where she lives. And he's like, I've never, I've never been to her house at all. But I showed up there. I walked right, like my astral form was able to walk right through the patio doors. I walked up to the bedroom where, once again, Kelly is laying there naked. God damn it, Roger. (laughs) But this time, her and her husband had just got done having sex. So, and a little part that I left out through Roger's training is they were... They were at one section, they were meant to make light, like these light bars that allowed them to manipulate the area around them and help manipulate things. And they could also, like when it came to the little force field that he was able to create, they could, the participants could also basically focus. Like if you and me were in the astral plane together and you needed help maintaining your energy field or whatever, I could focus on healing you and I could actually heal you and help you sustain your energy. Well, Roger basically starts to do this with Kelly and, but starts to aid in the pregnancy process. Like he's really focused on her getting pregnant because he knows that's what she wants more than anything. They want a kid so bad. 
And Rogers, like, it kind of bothered me a little bit because the whole time I pictured Kelly having a kid, I always anticipated a girl. But when I was helping her, I guess his healing color was like this purple mist that was, was coming out of his aura. And when it got to her, he's like, I noticed that this little blue thing, this little blue mist was forming. And, well, she ends up having a boy later on. And he's like, I should have, I should have picked it up, but I never did, because I always envisioned her with a girl, you know. And then, lo and behold, a couple months later, Kelly calls Roger, and he's like, she's like, you'll never guess, I'm pregnant, and you know, he acts surprised. And then later on, as I as I stated, she ends up giving birth to a beautiful, healthy baby boy. So. You know, basically after this, all this ups and down, you know, center lane was dead. It's gone. But as talked about before, center lane was picked up by the CIA. Now, apparently, they did studies just like this. And I'm assuming some of it got out to the public because there was a Dr. Utes who wrote a report and it appeared online at the university of California Davis website. And apparently she concluded that the participants were experiencing things during their studies and that it was far more likely that these people were getting information somehow. And that basically looking for the how is a waste of resources because you would have to constantly ask questions to things that we don't even begin to understand. <laughs> it's hard it's hard to ask questions about astral that projection that no exists right <laughs> and she's like without a doubt these there they there are people experiencing things we are 100% certifying something fucking weirds going on and we can't even begin to understand it to the contrary this this other guy came out basically in response to her report this Dr. Ray Heyman and he disagreed in saying that her report was done far too soon. And he basically just smears all over her report. So you have conflicting reports at this point, which in this field is always going to happen. But Roger, to me, makes a very valid point. He's like, I read both the reports and I think that the way this works is you're going to have those people who don't believe they're not going to believe despite any evidence to the contrary. That's just who they are. They're designed to not believe. And on the other hand, you're going to have people who are going to believe despite proof, you know, any, any lack of definite proof, they're still going to believe no matter what. So, you know, by the way that I read that, I, you know, I, I, get, I obviously get the statement, but I can't help but to think, you know, how when, when they went into this training, when you believe in these things, it, it's almost like you open the door for these things to enter. You make it far easier for these yeah. things to manifest. Yep. You know, it's, it's, it's like you're, you're connecting, you're, you're plugging into the outlet there. And you're like, yep, I'm ready. I'm ready for some experiences. Let's go. Whereas if you don't believe, you're you're shutting that door 
and I'm not saying that these these things aren't still happening around you, but it's it's like you're not even willing to acknowledge it. You know what I mean? Like for those Shut people, off. yeah, you see the the UFO shimmer across the sky, and it, you you know that it's not a shooting star, but you're just like it was, it was probably just a shooting star. Just right. go back to bed. Like you're silly. You're silly. That that was not a UFO. Are you dumb? Sean, just go back to bed. Yeah, it was a <laughs> it was a hunk of space space poopy burning up in the atmosphere. That's what it was. Like, it was come on, get out balloon. of here. You know, so basically those types of people, they just put the blinders on and they're like, Yeah, this is this none of this is real. Bigfoot can't even remotely be real. I mean, it's insane to think that there's a He's a weather balloon. <laughs> Yes, exactly. <laughs> Bigfoot is a weather balloon. I love it. We've solved another one. I love it. But that that kind of concludes most of Center Lane. Uh, it's it was a fucking bizarre story. <laughs> Do you? So when you picked this up, you had no idea what Center Lane was, right? Fuck no. You just like you thought the title sounded. I dumb. literally thought the title sounded cool. <laughs> I love it. Like, that's I, didn't, why, I didn't know either, but that's why I got the book. Fuck I, yeah! But I anticipated more, and there was a section where Roger and the group actually predicted a a U.S. ship that ends up getting sunk later on. I can't remember too many specifics on. It. I thought I wrote it down, but obviously I didn't. But he does end up predicting it. Um, I thought it was more about remote viewing. Remote viewing, honestly. But come to find out, it's more. But I mean, it's. I think they wanted to accomplish that. I think that was the end goal. Obviously, yeah. Anything that anything I feel like a military can use, yeah, to get a step ahead, right? That's probably the end goal. Yeah, but I, I think, at least in Roger's case, like he might have actually found an entire different plane of existence. That's fucking wild. Because if you think about it, it could be. That could be linked to the fucking dreams that you have, to the, the deja vu. I mean, the possibilities are legitimately endless in what Roger was experiencing. Yeah, consciousness is fucking weird. Right, you know. like The the whole story is, it, it definitely left hooked me. I did not see a lot of this coming. Yeah, that is. But regardless, it was weird. a fucking interesting story. I could not believe that. Like in, there's a part of me that's like, I wonder if I could do this, because there's been a lot of people who've reached out with like meditation. That's true. It makes you wonder about the motherfuckers who are always hitting DMT and stuff like that, and they're supposedly talking to other beings. Yeah. Like, what if what if the DMT alters your your mind the same way that doing whatever those doors? Yes. Yes. It's fucking weird. Right. Like, it, I don't know. I, I feel like my brain at this point is open enough to where I might be able to fucking accomplish something like this. <laughs> <laughs> Which is terrifying to think about because I know that I'm also paranoid and that I will oh be the dude. God. I'll be the bad acid trip guy. I'll be in the corner crying. Bro, the, the immediate second that silver being with wings Walks up behind you, you're gonna fucking shit yourself. Probably and have a stroke. Unless, unless he reaches his palm out and he and he, that's his way of smiling. And I'm like, oh, this motherfucker's just smiling at me. What's up, dude? Kyle, you would fight him and run away. I'd probably still be scared. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I would probably still be, be like, fucking terrified. Get your fucking hand back. <laughs> I don't 
don't know you. I'm just going to visualize an AK-47. <laughs> Motherfucker. Welcome to Earth, bitch. <laughs> That's a good clip. Anyway. Oh, dude. It is a cool story. I mean, other than... I need than... to start doing that. I need to just look for... The craziest titles I can find on Amazon, just buy. Oh, dude, that's fucking. that's totally the only reason why I bought it. It was fucking it. <laughs> psychic spies, secret it. warriors. I'm like, this has got to be cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I, I think it was like a, initially. I think the review was like something on uh, remote viewing and stuff. And I'm like, dude, this is right up our alley. Like, this, I'm totally gonna check this out. <laughs> he was remote viewing some stuff, but Fuck he, yeah, he was. He's being pervy as hell. <laughs> Okay, so thank you for tuning in with us today, hanging out with us, tuning in and hanging Love out it. with us today. Yeah. Check us out at all our social medias, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. Search us up and come and hang out. Um, yeah, that about wraps it up. So until next time, stay safe, stay weird, and if you're out looking for partners in the ethereal plane, make sure that your ethereal plane partner is consenting. Thank you.